This is Radio Influence, podcasting redefined. Kind of in a kind of in a good space today. Your man DJ Tampa's most connected DJ man. Um, Brittany said I could do this today without her, and I, I kind of wanted to be in this space with a dude I highly respect in this industry. As I keep trying to, you know, and and Hovain, before we even get into that, what I what I what I love about you since I first met you is the way that you move always seems to be in a direction of going forward, no matter what's going on. Because I've been around to see a few things that you you know you went through, but I you know like I said to me it always seems like when I'm watching it or when I talk to you it's always in a positive direction. So I wanted to get you some kind of way on the line, some kind of way on video, some kind of way on the screen that I could holler at you, man. My man Hovain Hilton and uh dude, I don't even I don't even the title I got is manager, mover around the industry, that sort of thing. But you also got this new thing popping off, cinematic music group. So if, if you can give folks that'll get a chance to see this little bit of your history on, you know, what you've done in this industry so far. First of all, thank you for that intro. You made me feel like I was smart. <laughs> you are, man. I gotta have you introduce me before I walk into a room now before I go to a beat. <laughs> no, but um Cinematic Music Group is a record label and it's also a management company. So I'm the president of the management company. So Cinematic Music Group, the label, has been responsible for the careers of Nipsey Hussle, Joey Badass, uh, recently T-Pain, we managed Cameron, Styles P, uh, working with Wale for a while. A bunch of of artists, man. Right. Is Flip De Niro somewhere in that situation, too? He's Flip's in there, right? Yeah, Flip De Niro signed to us. We are cinematic slash we the best. Okay, cool. Um, I got a I got a list of things I want to get into with you. Um, but first off, I just want to know because everybody that well, the kids that I meet nowadays, you know, everybody they you know, we got Instagram now. We don't have the streets that way that you and I kind of got into this at first. We kind of was like a real it was a love for this thing so much as a just everybody want to be famous. Because I, you know, being from New York and and the the block is what made you fall in love with this, you know, and it and it's it's way different now. But one of the interesting questions I have for you is Everybody seems to want to be an artist. Everybody wants to be in front of the camera. How? Did, what made you make the decision that management and that movement of things was going to be your thing? Man, I think uh, the management shit kind of found me. It was like I started doing it out of necessity for a friend that rapped after what at, at that time. And right. then as his career started to grow, like, you know, my knowledge of managerial services and duties started to grow. And I just was like, when it was time for him to find a manager, I'm like, yeah, we got to get you a manager, bro. Like, nigga, you the manager. Right. <laughs> like, huh? So I kinda got like on job training and like it just it just happened kinda. It was like one of those things that kinda really just happened. And um I I used to listen to like great, great rappers and I used to be like, I can't do that. <laughs> right. Ain't no way I'm able to do that. So it was like, you know, management was a dope thing for me. It just so, kinda like So in your in your day to day, what is the, what does that entail? And I and I'm I'm gonna get into something a little. I, I I'm not sure if you're gonna want to go there in a second, but because I I know you, I, I want to get I want to get a little bit into your history too. But your day to day on the regular, what does that entail? Man, I'm gonna be 100 percent honest. No two days are really alike. I know it starts with waking up, thanking God, <laughs> checking my email, checking my texts. Right. You know, stuff stuff like that. That's 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 usually the start, but it, it can go from anywhere from hey, I gotta fly out to a video shoot, I gotta go to a meeting. Uh, I gotta go to the studio. Uh, we gotta go uh, to the factory to look at your merch. Like, there's no really one particular thing. I know it's gonna right. entail a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, a lot of texts. That's the only thing that's consistent with my name. Right. But it's, 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 it's always different. 
So do you do you ever and and I I saw Pete from QC talk about this a while back and and again the reason I want to go here too is because I want everybody to understand your history and one of the biggest things that I saw you do was uh, the Tory Tory Afting the Troy Afting my bad Tory the Troy Afting right if you were not in New York Troy Av from what I saw because I was in Florida about him when he when he popped off he's not on a major. He's he he doesn't have the big, you know, the big machine in back of him at the time. But yeah. y'all are steadily moving, which means that you're doing a lot of work. Yeah, you can't. I, I would never take anything away from him. Like one of the only people I ever met in life that matched my work ethic and probably was a little bit more than mine was him. When we first like connected, the number one thing we wanted to do was work. You know right. what I'm saying? So we had a goal and that's all we did was work towards that goal. You know what I'm saying? So. It was us, pretty much, two people against the majors. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we were sharing that same space and sharing that same uh, that same uh, show show space with major artists and that same airwaves, you know? So it was us, and then a little bit along the way, you know, you meet supporters, you'll meet people that could actually help. But for the most part, it was a two-man crew. Right. Which brings me to my next question, which is what, what I want a lot of these kids to understand when they when they hear me talk to people like yourself. Now, when you look at the work that you had to do, and again, I, I saw P talk about this, and and I've seen a, you know a few managers like you guys do a lot of groundwork in the beginning. You 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 find somebody that you partner with, and again, the work matches, and y'all getting somewhere, and then all of a sudden y'all might reach a certain place. And I'm not saying that this is what happened with you and Troy, um um, or you know P and his situation over at QC, but. I guess what I want to ask is how is a manager or is a manager or is there a way for a manager to somewhat protect themselves if they've gotten an artist to a certain place or they're involved in a deal to a certain place? And all of a sudden that artist gets there and right, you know, there may be somebody in the room. Let's say, for example, love this dude. He's the man. Diddy's in the room. Right. And you've been working, working, working. And all of a sudden Diddy likes the situation. He's like, yo, I want you, but your manager can't come. Is there some some sort of protection that you could have as a manager? That's why you have lawyers. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you gotta have some type of clause. You gotta have like a it's, it's really called the sunset clause. To where if you part ways, you're still gonna be involved and still get the percentage and the things you brought to the table and things going forward. So like you know, things happen. Like people get married and break up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Businesses and business partners split up every day. There's nothing sexy about that. You know what I'm saying? I think it's just really it's amplified because it's young black men and it's millions of dollars. But like people break up all the time. Things split up. Not nothing lasts forever. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I just that as far as protecting yourself, you gotta make sure your business is right. And um that's the only protection you really have because if you there's no paperwork or there's no business and he decides, Hey, this is it, I'm not I'm going a different direction and you ask them. Right. Yeah. And and that's that's one of the things that I, a lot of these young creators that I talk to, I want them to understand because I think that we get into this and like you said, it's sexy, it's cool. Yeah. But in those back rooms, man, things could go wrong at any minute. And I, I I'm trying to tell everybody, have your business in order. Yeah. And there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. It's, it's, it's a grown-up conversation. Right. Like, hey, my all right. This is the management contract. My lawyer put a sunset clause in it, so that way, if anything happens, I'm protected. You know what I'm saying? Right. Let's talk the streets versus this digital thing that's going on nowadays. Because again, like I said, when I when I first met you, um, your situation, you move a lot by you know it's it's a, it's it's a grind, and and you had to at some point started to understand this digital space that we're in as well. Gift and a curse, good, bad. What what's your thoughts on the streets versus where we are now? Uh streets is always gonna be the lead into what's going on, right? Because the artists can have the streams, they can have all the fucking reports, 
that that you need, then you go book the artist for a show and nobody cares, then it's an empty arena. So you need a healthy balance. Streets always gonna dictate what's hot. If a record is going crazy, crazy on the streets and everybody's demanding that everybody wanted, the radio has no choice to play it. The radio will be late on it probably, but they have no choice to play it. Right. In a digital world, that works well too. Yeah. I've seen people who put out songs on TikTok or put out songs on YouTube and it should take off. And then a week later, they're getting a deal and getting an advance of amount of money that they would have never seen in their life. So I understand where both of these things are important and both of them work. Like, you know, don't rely too well on either just try to uh try to meet that meet them in the middle and if you're an artist that get heavy streams make sure you're doubling up on the street work you're going out you're shaking hands you're going to the radio stations you're going to the parties you're going to the clubs and if you're artists who are really street based and your movement is in the streets make sure you hire a digital playlister or somebody who can work like you know work your, your situation to the internet right can can we can we talk a little bit about that whole going to the club thing? Because there's a, some artists that I've met, and and I want to hear this from you down here in the south, right? And I talked to them about yo, like going to a club when a DJ is in full blown mode at one thirty in the morning. That ain't really a good time. And also, too, I'm a firm believer in don't skip over the dude who's just starting. You know what I'm oh. saying? Like, don't like a lot of these dudes come because you know, and and I, I figure like I feel like I'm in the upper echelon of what we're doing in this city, right? So I feel like I've got radio and other things that I'm doing. And it's not that I don't even want to talk to that person, but I get offended when they skip dudes who, you know, they might be doing house parties now or they doing school stuff right now because to me, they're just as important. Nah, salute all DJs. I go kick it with the opener. Hey yo, listen. Um, I want you to come. I want you to come by the office and hear some records. You tell me what you're feeling. Um, what are you playing? Uh, it's like, you know, show, show them some love. Like, it's, it's a genuine connection. They got to like the music, of course, but you always want to, like, I'm the type of person, me personally, like, I know my dry cleaner's name is kid and shit like that. Like, I'm a, I'm a people person. Right. So, like, when I when I go in the club, I'm gonna shake everybody's hand. I'm gonna talk to you, and I'm because you never know. Like I wasn't who I am today. Like when you met me, you know what I'm right. saying. But I'm sure you treated me with the same amount of respect, and you was fucking with me uh, wholeheartedly then. So now when I am who I am, we still have that bond and that relationship. So I try to treat everybody like that. Today's dishwasher is tomorrow's CEO. So it's like right. you know, and on, on, on the deeper level, and you know, what somebody can do for you, that's just like good personal being a human shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. You you tell somebody character about how they treat people who they think they don't need. You know right. what I'm saying? He might be an opener. You can skip him and talk to the main DJ. What happened when this main DJ move out of this market and now the opener is the nigga? He remembers, oh, yeah, fuck you. You just need up. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, and I, I try to tell a lot of cats that, you know, and, and, and like the relationships are so important in this game. I, and, I, and I I pride myself on it because I to me it matters much more if, you will answer my call or you will call me because I'm because to me, I've, I've always heard this, too. And I, I hope I think you're a believer in this. What matters to me is the person who got my name in the room when I'm not in the room. That's a fact. Oh, you talking about um Florida, Orlando? Oh, yeah. You know, you got to holler. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. And that's what good reputation and that's what good uh karma and that's what great, great relationships will do for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I'm pretty sure a lot of the artists that I get to manage and people, uh, a lot of artists that I come in contact with just do business with, if I'm not managed, it comes through a referral. It comes through people saying, oh, now nah, you need to holler at old man. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's right. my name. That's a uh, reputation. 
So how 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 important are like you know we went through the street part and again I, I kind of got a list here because like I said I think what what you have to offer this conversation is so important that I don't want to miss anything because I think I said I talk to a lot of artists that claim they want to be in this game and think that they do but I like to talk to people like yourself as well who are working through this game and going through the everyday problems so a big deal right now is everybody's like man because before you know it was like man I got so many spins now it's like I got so many streams how how important are the numbers and in a, in a world of manipulation yeah. how important are the numbers don't get me wrong they are important but it's like sports it's like analytics you know what i'm saying you could tell a batter like in this position you got to swing because the analytics say uh you'll hit a home run based on the numbers but it's still a personal feel like you know what i'm saying like I, you can walk in a room and you have all the streams and i look at you and i get to talk to you i'm like yo he's not a star I don't see it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So numbers are important. Like, you know, nobody wants to sign an artist who has two spins. Yeah. Right. But right. I'm not I'm not just signing you because you have 200,000, million spins on the record. Because first of all, those could be manipulated. Those could be fake. There's stream farms and all that. Like, I want to find a healthy balance. Like, you got some, you got some cool numbers, but there's a fan base. You have organic. How many people go buy a merch? How many people will show up to a show? Like, you know what I'm saying? How many emails do you have in your mailing list? Like, you know what I'm saying? Real tangible things. How many, right. how much fan engagement do you have? You right. Know what I'm saying? Are you, do, when you, when you, when you meet somebody, do you kind of want them to, you want to know that they're already working or? 100%. Because I'm not looking to turn a zero to a five. I'm looking to turn somebody a five into a 10. Ah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay. You so, know, you, go ahead. You're not if you're not working, you have a poor work ethic, or you you ain't doing shit that's gonna match my hustle. Right now, I'm the busiest I've ever been in my life. I went from managing one artist to now having a management company full of artists and junior managers underneath me. So it's like I don't time is a luxury I don't have. So right. if you're gonna bullshit and waste my time, it's not gonna work. Dude, I, 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 man, I, see, see, and this is what I want. I want it straight from a dude who's who's doing it. We can read all the books we want. We can look at all the internet notes. But to me, it's this conversation that matters so much to me, which brings me here. And I want you to look at your deepest right now because you've been here. The word right now that everybody is talking, I've heard it on different podcasts. I've read it in a couple of different artists. I think I've heard Steve Stout say it. I think I heard Joe Budden say it. And you've been on both sides. If Drake goes independent, is the music industry really finished? You see now, music industry, I get what they're saying. The music industry is not going to be finished, never. You could drop every artist from most major labels and their catalog that they're collecting every month still keep the record label over. It's certain, like Mariah Carey's Christmas album catalog generates uh, Universal, I think, like, I think $175 million every year or something like that. Like, that's just one album. That's what I'm saying. Music catalog, these Labels own catalogs, the Beatles, Michael Jackson, Paul McCartney, like their catalogs alone to keep them afloat. It won't be over, but what will happen was they're going to have to make an drastic adjustment because once Drake does that and he's successful, a lot of other artists will start following behind what he's doing. And then that'll lead to people questioning, saying, I don't need to be uh, on a major. I can just do this myself, per se. So, you know what I'm saying? And to change the business model because a lot of people will follow what Drake is doing. Right. So now, Labels have to come to the table, like, let's rethink this. How can we make the deal sexy that people want to take them now because now they want to go independent? Right. It's kind of like when they 
when they realize we're giving these artists all these big deals and they're not making no money. So they regrouped and said, let's come up with a 360. We got to figure right. something out. So that'll be them going to the table, figuring something else out. Like, let's, let's, let's see how we can make this action. Because if Drake goes independent and wins, which he's going to win if he does go independent, you can see everybody following behind him. Because it's like, why would I need a, a, a middleman if I can go direct to consumer? But but and 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 I guess my my feedback to that is, but Drake is, Drake is like this diamond in a whole bunch of coals. You know, and I'm not saying that because because Drake has got to be one of the his infrastructure everything he has set up is the best to ever do it right. So you say work for every artist, no. Right. But if he does go independent and he's wildly successful and he's making sixty to. One hundred million dollars every four months of independence, right? Right. That's gonna say he's an A grade rapper. If he making a hundred, sixty to hundred, the D grade rapper gonna say, "Man, that means I can make two million independently a year." Right. So you know what I'm saying? It's gonna be a trickle down effect. Independent is way, 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 way harder. <laughs> but if you see that type of return, like people just people are cheap. People don't want the original. They want the cop- the copy. They they pass on Nelly and they say I want Chingy. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. So I see it's worth for Drake. They been could have jumped out there and been independent, but if it's worth for Drake, then people gonna follow behind him. It's right. definitely gonna trickle down effect and, from and other celebrities and from the lesser guys. Right. And I don't know how much you know about this situation, but wasn't that kind of where the Macklemore situation was? Because it wasn't Mac Macklemore didn't really give up everything. He kind of just made a deal with. From what I understand, he kind of made a deal with. Uh, Warner Atlantic, whoever he was with, where they pretty much handled his, you know, his marketing to radio and that 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 sort of thing, because he was already already kind of moving. And again, I, I'm not know the particulars I thought you may have, but yeah, but I don't know. The, the Drake thing is kind of, I know, like, I, like Russ, Russ had a great deal where he was still able to put out independent music on his own and still have a SoundCloud and shit. Now he's back 100 percent under independent. Right. So he used the, he uses independence, leveraged a great deal. With the majors, got what he got out of it. They spent millions of dollars of marketing on him. Now he's back independent. He's gonna make all his money. Right. <laughs> and and Russ preaches that too. Russ preaches that let let you can do this yourself if you use the resources. Very smart guy. Let me let me ask you this, because this is something else that I that I that I I think a lot of these artists should know about. And not even just artists, people who want to be in this business that are never gonna get behind a microphone or never get in front of the camera. I like to talk about a lot of the jobs that we don't see. And one of the things I've watched you do, and this is one of the first things I learned about you. I, I don't think we had actually met yet, but you had did like an Adidas deal. Mm-hmm. And Troy Ave wasn't the, he wasn't the top rapper. You dudes were moving like you were moving. You know what I'm saying? And we were, everybody was talking about what y'all were doing, but it was you know it wasn't like y'all had y'all were in with the Universal then. It wasn't like you were you know like you were with the major thing just running and they had everything for you. And then all of a sudden I hear pop up like you know they just they just did an Adidas deal. How do you move on those deals? And how important are those deals when you when you in a game like this? Relationship, man. Like music, music is free, man. You gonna make some music? You gonna make a little bit of money over that? But music is free. You sell them the lifestyle. So now, you take my music, stream it, all right? I'm gonna get some money from that. But now, if I get you to buy my merch, now I get you to come to my shows. Now I leverage my celebrity from music to get into movies, TV shows. You know what I'm saying? So them deals are key. You want to have as many business partners as possible in, in this shit, and it all boils down to relationships and le- leveraging your celebrity. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay. Um, 
Let me close this up. Go ahead. To this day, like I get placements from my artists in 2K, fashion over deals, Bel-Air deals. Like, you know what I'm saying? I try to have as many business partners as possible because it works both ways, right? So I do a deal with um, Bel-Air. Cool. So now my artist gets extra looks and extra support from another company in a different market space. And then Bel-Air, in turn, they get looks and videos and looks on his Instagram and shit like that. So it's like, it's coming together for one common common goal, but I'm spreading out different, I'm diversifying from just music. So now you're in the Lakers store, you might see a poster. All right, I seen a poster of this guy. I might stream his song. Oh shit, Bel-Air is putting out an album. Oh man, I'm going to get on this album. So it's just trying to diversify as much as possible. Right. Dude, I, I appreciate you. I'm, I'm going to end it with these two questions right here because, like I said, I know after people hear you, because I've had some kids ask me a, a couple of times already about, yo, how could I be a manager? How could I do this? What are, what are some recommended skills that you would say if someone thought about being a manager or a record exec? What are just some of those some of those basic skills? And we, I ain't even talking about schooling either. I'm talking about some of those those basic skills. And the best way to learn is to do, to fail, make mistakes. Um Research as much as possible. That's true, but um, you want to have resiliency, um, a set, a sense of like you got to know yourself, like know your talents, know your a sense of like so forth. Like you got to know your strengths. So if you're a good speaker, like I read this book, <coughs> it was called uh, C to A, from C to A. If I'm a great speaker but not a great speech writer, I'll hire great speech writers. Because I know my strength is in speech, giving the speech. So don't try to turn your C into an A. Turn your A into an A+. Plus because the time you spent working on being from a C to an A, you can perfect what you're kind of good at. You know what I'm saying? Right. So recognize your skill set. If you're not the greatest uh, um, deal negotiator, you might need a business partner. You might need a business manager. You know what I'm saying? Just recognize your strengths. Make sure when you're, when you're talking to an artist and you're taking on an artist that y'all align your interests. This is what you want to do. This is your vision. This is my vision. Let's put it together and see if it matches. Because a lot of times some people work together and their only goal is to get money. And then right. you realize, no, I don't want to be marketed this way. Well, I don't like this. Well, I don't like that. So you want to just make sure you're on the same page going forward. And um, you got to have like one of those shooters mentalities. Like, you know, you missed a shot, take another one. Because... You score 50 points tonight, that's not going to win tomorrow a game. So you did some dope shit yesterday. What are you going to do today? Because you're only as good as what you're doing recently. Right. Dude, I, I was going to ask you for some closing advice, but I think you kind of you kind of summed it up right there. <laughs> um, Wicked, Wick, what's what's next for for you and Cinematic Music Group, other ventures you got popping off? What's next? Um, we got a bunch of artists dropping. Uh, got a little Kel dropping. Um, Cameron's dropping some, Smoke Dizz is dropping some, Young and Ace is dropping, uh, Styles P is coming with a new album, The Locks is coming with a new album in about a month or two. Um, shit. Uh, Lloyd Banks is coming soon. Um, a lot, man. Cinematic music groups is growing. We got a lot of good young talent uh, from up north, from down south. Uh, we got some legacy acts. We're just going to keep improving on the culture, man, and keep putting out dope shit. So basically, you you just busy. Basically, basically, what you're saying is you busy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a blessing, man, to to have a wife and two kids and businesses and fucking artists and shit like that. That shit is, is a blessing. I'm busy. I'm learning how to uh, uh um 
take time for self. Right. That's one thing this quarantine, how to like, you know, kind of like step back and take time for yourself and your family and leave the phone alone for maybe an hour or two. Just like, you know, enjoy some of the uh, fruits of your labor because shit could change in a blink of an eye. And the quarantine definitely showed you that we are not in control. Right. And and while I got you here on the quarantine, because I was going to let you go, but you did you did bring up something. Has the quarantine changed the business model? Has it changed the business model at all? I mean, I pride myself on being out, outside of the box thinker and outside of the box thinkers are the people that are flourishing during the quarantine because there is no more box. There was right. a typical one. You got an album, you go on the radio, you press, you shoot some videos, you put it out. That's out the window now. So now you have to come unique fan engagements. You got to come up with ways to keep your fans in tune with what you're doing. You got to put out dope videos. You got to put out dope uh, uh, vlogs. You got to do a lot of different shit. You got to think outside of the box. So like I said, it's changed it for uh, people who who just are used to, you know, I'm going to come in the office. We got an album. I'm going to get the clearances. We're going to clear some samples. We're going to uh, put this album out. We're going to schedule a tour. Like, nah, man. All that shit is dead, man. You got to be creative, man. You got to tap into your creativity. When do you think that? When do you think the show money's coming back? Or do you think that? Or you think the shows as we once knew it? Do you think it's over? Not really, because I got some artists from Alabama and Atlanta that's doing shows right now. Well, <laughs> I, you know what? You know, I, I kind of asked the critic because down here in Florida, you're right. People are moving around, and I'm kind of like, we <laughs> and we, I mean, really moving around. I think the country will be ready, ready. Hopefully, I think summer 21 things will get back to kind of normal with. Uh, them developing vaccines and or some type of immunity to to the disease. I think we got a, a year to go until things are half kind of back. I think venues will be never at full capacity. If the spot holds to 100 people, they probably hold it at 800 just so people can have a little more space and shit like that. But music and touring and shows are big business, man. One thing I know for sure, money controls uh, how things work in your favor. Right. So I don't think that we're not going to get shows and shit like that no more. I think that it is it'll be about a year out from it. Okay. My man, Hovain Hilton. I, I ain't, I ain't going to do this to you because I could talk Tom Brady. I could talk Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to talk, you know, that we just got McCoy. I'm not going to talk Mike Evans. I'm not going to do none of that right now, even though I'm, I'm a native New Yorker. I'm not going to do none of that right now. You know, I'm not going to go there on you. <laughs> I don't have no hope when it comes to sports, dog. I just the Yankees. They might right. can't do football season. The Knicks is whatever. <laughs> Giants is whatever. <laughs> when it comes to sports in the hometown, I root for the Nets because I'm from Brooklyn. But right. Bro, it's tough. It's tough, man. <laughs> Look, isn't it crazy how many more years we're gonna go? The Knicks is whatever. <laughs> they, it's like there's no hope inside with the Knicks. It's just like they're like your drunk uncle and your family. You know they lame shame, but you love them. Say right. You're like I'm gonna rock this. I'm gonna rock this cap though. I'm gonna rock this jersey though. But I know what it is. Hey man, where can they find you at on social media? Because I know you're moving. Uh, H O V A I N on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, my man, Hovain. Yo. Um, I want to talk more soon, man, because I got some things in the works, and I definitely want to keep running some things by you because you're one of those minds that I appreciate, man, and I trust. And I appreciate you for taking time here. And anytime, anytime you need me to show up and do that introduction, you know how old boy be on the mic, let's get ready? Dude, I'm ready, dude. So you just let me know, man. I appreciate you. (laughs)
Hey. My man, my man, my man uh, Cinematic Music Group, bunch of other benches. Follow him on social media. He got a lot popping off, and hopefully, you know, I'm uh, hopefully I'm I'm trying to get things in order so I can fly cats like yourself in town soon, so I can have you come and speak to this next set of creators we got here. I love Tampa, man. Tampa is one of the cities that people sleep on. Tampa is dope. I met I had a, went to the club a couple times. Tampa had a great time. The scenery is good. The Tampa is Tampa Bay's. Yeah, there's a lot of people on the yeah, man. Had a great I, time. I appreciate you, man. I'll talk to you soon, man. This is a Live Bold and Boss Up Quick Fix on Radio Influence. I want to introduce our guest today who has over 25 years of sales and leadership experience working with CEOs, presidents, VP of sales in various companies to help strategically build their sales forces. Welcome, Clint Babcock. So when it comes to negotiating, what is it that you two run into most often? What do you hear from either the candidates or from your employers? Of course, the candidates always want more money and the employers... (laughs) want to pay less money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's finding that good, happy medium where you're getting the candidate as much money as you can, but then you're being fair with the client, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. So just meeting in the middle and finding a win-win for everybody. Okay. So so in order to do that, this is what you two get put in the situation of, you got to do a lot of listening, Mm -hmm. a lot of counseling back and forth. Mm -hmm. And that's part of negotiating as well. The, you know, the 70-30 rule of you, you know, only talking 30% of the time and listening 70% of the time mm-hmm. takes place right in negotiations as well. Because you got to find that, you got to find that happy medium. So you got to understand both sides to be able to help influence and be able to bring them together. Right. And that's, you, you think about it, you guys are negotiating every single day with your clients and candidates. And, um, you know, so understanding where each are coming across is part of the sources of leverage also is, look, I need to understand why you're taking that position Mm -hmm. and uh, understand the difference between somebody's mission, their mission. I need a position. I need a person, the right person to fill that role. That's their mission. What's their position? I only want to pay X, Right. right? And when you really dive into that, they'll move off of those positions in order to accomplish the mission that's going to get them to where they need to be. Live Bold and Boss Up with Stephanie Marchese and Ashley Jiraki can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. 